0: You ever, you ever see those videos where it's like...
1: all oh, the do. ASMR videos? Right, yeah. you're just like... Ah, da, 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 da.
0: <laughs> it's good.
2: I just have such bad chills. That was so good.
1: <laughs> Welcome Oof. back to the Gems Welcome. of ASMR. Welcome to the Gems of History podcast. Now an ASMR podcast. <laughs> I am your host jacob shop and joining me as always i have my co-host ralph
2: (laughs) hello this is ralph we're gonna have to explain that later for (laughs) the for the listeners but happy to be here
1: and joining us once again in place of mark steinbrenner we have austin keyson
2: hey how are we golf clap
1: nope snaps oh slow clap slow clap
2: Literally none, none of my snaps picked up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, everybody. Now that that's out of the way, welcome back to the Gems of History podcast. Austin is filling in once again today. Mark had some other obligations, so woo woo. we have him back, back and ready for action. We out here. So, Evan, mm-hmm. you wanna
2: you wanna explain the whole Ralph the thing? Ralph incident? Yeah. So today, uh, so for those of you who are listening, obviously I do have another job other than this. Uh, this is a weekly podcast, and uh, a lot of it is writing. So, like, writing magazines, writing articles, um, helping different executives with, like, interviews, whatever, what have you. And today, I sent over an article that I just finished writing to uh, an executive who just basically had to give it an approval. And she types back and copies to other people to check it, and she goes, hey, blank and blank, can you please help Ralph with what he's asking for and review the article? And now keep in mind, I've worked with this woman for two years, have written eight articles for her, including interviews. <laughs> like interviews <laughs> for each one. And I helped win her an award for like being a badass bitch. <laughs> like
1: I don't She was right right there though. Yeah. I...
2: <laughs> and it the, the thing is like Ralph
1: I... Like, I don't even think of that, like, when I'm thinking of, like, replacement names for someone, commonplace names come, right. I don't think of Ralph.
2: Like, give me a Kevin, a Devin, a Slevin, I don't know. <laughs> but Ralph? Maybe I'll just need to be, like, my new uh, Twitter handle. I
1: guess. Evan Roosh, now Ralph. Now Ralph. I Ralph. Alright, well, uh, thank you guys well. for joining us for another episode uh, I hope you guys are ready, because today is it's going to be a pretty fun episode, and it's also probably going to be one of our most brutal episodes, totally inadvertently, because when we were planning this, we had talked about how we were just going to make this a very light episode, but I think, <laughs> I think that kind of turned itself on its head, and you'll see why once we get started into our topic and all that. But before we do that, we're going to do our weekly trivia questions. So, Austin, since you are the guest, if you want to start us off. Sure, sure. My trivia question stems
0: from the recent events of the Suez Canal and uh, how a ship gets stuck in the Suez Canal.
2: (laughs) What was that? What was the ship name? Like Evergreen? Evergreen, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, mine is more on the, the date it was constructed. Okay. So, I will ask... I won't have. I won't ask what year. It's pretty specific, but I'll ask the century. So your aunt or your options are either the 17th century, the 18th century, the 19th century, or the 20th century.
2: What this specific ship was built? No, oh, the no, source. No, gonna... oh. <laughs> I was like it's either I'm an idiot or you just ask the worst. <laughs>
1: I thought about that, too. And when, as, he, when he asked the question, I was just like, how am I supposed to know when this ship was... How do you yeah. even know when that ship was built? Right? Oh
2: and as usual, I'm the silly guy. <laughs> right. um, the Suez Canal. Right. What was the earliest one? So,
0: 17th century to the 20th
2: century. Definitely the 18th century I'm going to go with. Okay. I was also going to say 18th century. But part of me thinks it might be earlier, because trade in that area kind of happened with colonization... No, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with eighteen.
1: No, I'm I'm actually gonna say nineteenth century. Changing. Okay. I'm going nineteenth.
2: Well,
0: that's correct. Nineteenth century, 19th? yep. Shoot. Eighteen fifty nine is when construction actually started. Sweet. Let's go. Ooh, all right. Well shoot. Heaven is three shots deep. Yikes.
2: <laughs> no. We don't need to tell people <laughs> that after last episode. <laughs>
1: Alright. Well, Ev, do you want to go next or you want me to hit it? All right, so I will go next. So, mine is more of a recent one as well, but it doesn't go back in time. So, recently scientists discovered a planet named WASP-76b or WASP-76b that is unique in the fact that it, A, rains liquid iron, B has a year that is 1.8 Earth days, C, has 11,000 mile an hour winds, or D, all of the above.
2: Hmm. Hmm. This is the first time in all of the above has been in this trivia.
1: Yes. Hmm. It's very tempting, yeah. It's like when you're taking, like, the ACT and you see all of the above, you're just like, it's gotta be that.
2: It's either that or it's like Hammer C, all the way down.
1: (laughs) I can repeat if need be. I'm
2: going to go. A was raining iron, right? Yep. I'm definitely going to go with A because it's the most metal.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> mm. Nice. Buttons. Well,
0: I figured out in all my test taking, I'm going with D because all of the above, generally a good,
1: good guess. All right. So the correct answer is D, all of the above. <laughs> oh, come on. Yep. So See? technically, you were right. I mean,. It does, lane, it does rain liquid iron there. But, yeah, so they discovered this planet using, it's called the Espresso. I don't have what it stands for, but it's some sort of, like, telescopic, like, lookout point or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. But, yeah, they discovered it, and it's 11 times bigger than Earth and twice as big as Jupiter, which is the biggest planet in our solar system. Mm-hmm. And it's only three times its diameter from the sun. So it's super close to its sun. And its sun is like, I want to say, two or three times bigger than ours. So the surface temperature on this planet on the one side gets like 4,700 degrees Fahrenheit. And on the other side gets like twenty-seven 2700 or something like that. Oh, and wow. only
0: 2700. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and so it's considered tidally locked is what the term is, which means that it rotates at the same speed that it orbits that sun. So one side is always facing the sun. Wow. And the other side's always facing away from the sun. Mm-hmm. So the one side always is that constant temperature and that's why that iron will get to that side vaporize, and then those 11,000 mile an hour winds will push it to the other side where it will condense again, and then rain down as molten iron.
2: Jeez. That is insane. But it's like nuts. you said, space is cool. It's the most
1: heavy metal thing in the, like, It literally <laughs> and figuratively, it's the most heavy metal thing ever. Heck yeah. It's so cool. That's insane. I love it.
2: Metallica is the king of the planet, yep. Move
1: on. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I saw that space is I, so sick. I think I saw that on Twitter like a couple of, I'm pretty sure they did discovered it in 2019. So a couple of years ago I saw that and I was like, that is the most awesome thing ever. Mm-hmm. They call it a brutal hell planet. Like that's how they describe it. I'm like, yeah. And after <laughs> yeah. every
2: time the scientists say that they do a quick like guitar riff. Alright, so my trivia today, it does I think lead into our topic a little bit today. But where was the term presumed, innocent until proven guilty first coined or said? Was it A, Italy, B, Greece, C, England, or D, the United States of America?
1: I'm going D.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I also want to say D, but...
1: Maybe not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If we go down. We can go down together. Yeah, I'm t- in a blaze yeah, of glory.
2: What? Let's go with D. Let's go with the old U.S. of A, baby. The U.S. of A. So the correct answer is actually ci was I'm
0: gonna say
1: England.
2: So Sir William Garrow. I
1: want to recount.
2: <laughs> Sir William Garrow actually expressed this phrase for the first time uh, at the Old Bailey in 1791 basically saying that accusers when they did accuse someone of a crime that they had to be the ones to prove it now interesting mm. fact in england it's actually still the other way
1: yeah Oh, really? and
2: in the united states innocence until proven guilty didn't actually become law in our country until
0: 1894 huh. wow i don't know which that. i thought
2: was super interesting i mean like that's just how I always figured, like yeah, the court right. system worked. But not until 1894, when it was passed with uh, Coffin versus the United States in 1894.
1: Yeah, hmm. that's, and that's it, it. Shifted the entire. It's legal crazy. System. It's crazy right. to think that before that, you had to prove yourself to be innocent instead of the other way around. Like, right. that's just so much harder of a task to accomplish. Right? Like, I mean,
2: that leads us into like our topic today. Yeah, well, I guess I won't. I'll. Let you kind of well, you can tell everyone, intro but... it if you want. But anyway, today, our topic, we're talking about witches, y'all.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I intro this topic to them by initially saying that we would just read the uh, Malleus Maleficarum, which is the hammer of witches the, uh, that I had mentioned a few episodes back in one of my trivia questions, which was uh, the uh, witch hunting manual. But. Uh, I kind of went overboard on my notes and so we're going to go through kind of a summary of like witchcraft in general and how it became such of a a obsession, I I guess you could say, of people during from like the 1300s till all the way through the 1700s. So it was it was a long period of time where people were just going going hard in the paint over this whole witchcraft thing.
2: They very much were and especially just. Just the witch speculation. Also, I have some kind of interesting notes that I like you, uh, other than like your notes, I kind of want to talk about just about kind of where people's minds were at the time. So I'm really excited to like dig into this topic. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that whole time period was an absolute monstrosity of different people's beliefs and everything like that. So I just don't
0: think anyone really had a clue. It was just like, maybe this will stick. Yeah, maybe this. Right. It's like no one really knew just really nuts
1: so before we get into the topic proper i would like to take a second to wish my good buddy jerry a happy birthday it is his birthday today as of this recording it'll come out a little later but he has been one of the earliest supporters of us doing this he's listened since episode one so i'd like to give him a quick shout out and say happy birthday jerry thank you for listening
2: Hell yeah, Jerry. There you go, Jerry. You should pipe in some, like, happy birthday, like, metal riff or something. <laughs> I just assume, like... I'll just
1: play air guitar, and then yeah. he'll hear it in his heart. Perfect. Like, <laughs> <doo-doo-doo-doo>. <laughs> happy
2: birthday, Jerry.
1: So, with that being said, let's get into Witches and the Malleus Maleficarum. So, for our sources, I sent both of these guys a couple different things from History.com, Uh, sacredtext.com is where I got a translation of the malleus itself, encyclopedia.com, and the13thfloor.tv. So those were the main sources that I had used for this whole research. So with that being said, let's get into it. So witch trials didn't actually become a thing once it became an official crime. So Heresy was considered an executable offense in Europe, and in 1320, witchcraft was added to that list of punishable heretic crimes. But it wasn't really enforced as widely once it initially got added to the list until 1484, so 160-some years later, Pope Innocent VIII issued an edict that all witches and other heathens should be eradicated. And with that terminology, he specifically stated witches, which gave people a target. And with that target, they kind of just went whole hog with the backing of the church and decided to do whatever they would want. Mm -hmm. So with Europe being as insanely interested in public executions as they were, they kind of just had free reign to go and kind of take advantage of this new opportunity and that led to a lot of bad times for a lot of people I mean, not
2: what's, not great times
1: no what's
0: up with europe just having like this insatiable like bloodlust like we yeah. want to see you murdered in the street i'm like holy cow that's yeah. very true
2: <laughs> i mean especially i mean last time you were on the uh i know this is this is different but just the uh of destiny like we talked about the crusades for a bit too again just that insatiable bloodlust like we got to Fix something if they don't, you know, believe like, in our religion.
0: We want to kill people for what might be true. We don't know, but it might be. So let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Well, it's it, and it seems to stem from this. All a lot of times, it's from this hyper-religious standpoint where right. people have so much intensity towards a religious standpoint mm-hmm. that they just go all in and they don't care about their moral values anymore right. it's almost yeah
0: it's like their blinders are just on exactly and yeah it's like they're just they can't see anything it's like common sense over here yeah you know, what's really happening yeah 100%. it's
2: like boom and to that point um some of the notes that i took so just and this is more specifically like with the medicine because you mentioned the witch hunts were pretty much from like the 1300s to
1: it it Primarily started once he issued this edict. So, I mean, it was considered a crime in 1320, but it didn't really start until, like, mm-hmm. the late 1400s, early 1500s, and then mm-hmm. it went all the way through the 1700s, so...
2: Sure. But, like, I mentioned before, I kind of want to just talk on people's mindsets. Like, the Roman Catholic Church also affected medicine quite a bit, and a lot of these women who were persecuted as witches and eventually killed were kind of just more or less, like, medicine women.
1: Yeah, it was, like, natural healing kind of things. So. Right,
2: instead of doing... Uh, what the Catholic church sanctioned and essentially the Catholic church, I shouldn't just say the Catholic church just because Protestants are very much guilty of this as well. But like the church as a whole, you had a different view from the established view from the church in like medical practices. It was viewed as heresy and you would be publicly executed about it. And the Roman Catholic church actually officially stated that illnesses were punishments from god and those who were ill were so because they were sinners and now that was said not like a decade before the black plague actually hit europe yeah wow. i mean a lot of you are obviously like <clears throat> familiar with the black plague so it started in europe in 1347 so we're talking roughly a hundred some 140 years something like that but like the witch hunts were still like going on but like 60% of europe's population was gone, and it took them 150 years to basically get it back to what it was. So basically what I'm trying to say, like, this insane plague happened that wiped out maybe 60% of their population, and the mindset or the reasoning behind it from the people was that it was because they were sinners, and that, like, God was mad. Yeah. So, and, like, obviously with, like, science we know what actually caused it. Like, it was fleas on the, excuse me, yeah, fleas on the the rats rats, and, and all that. But I just kind of found that interesting also sad but interesting like (laughs) that's where people's heads were at when it came to medicine so like these women who were trying to find different ways to heal people it's ironic at best right (laughs) yeah it really
1: is it's like well because you think about how important and how much of a figurehead those religious officers were for people at the Mm -hmm. time these were they weren't named theocracies like that wasn't a governing body technically but you think about how much power they had, like they could excommunicate kings. So they had pretty much all the power without having it in writ, like written word that they did.
0: I feel like they're like almost today's media. Yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. like, sure, they don't have like the name, like they're not in a ranking position. They're not power per se, but they give information to the people and it kind of.
2: Right. They stem off of that and the people go towards that. That's a
1: really
0: good,
2: yeah, it's a really good comparison. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, we talk about like the court of public opinion all the time. Like, there was no other public opinion but the Holy Roman Church. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, At this time in history. So that's a great comparison. And
1: you can't go against it because they have literally all the power. So if, say, you get excommunicated for thinking otherwise, you're shunned from society. You're Mm -hmm. basically exiled and you have no way to make yourself in the eyes of the church unless you have like some sort of serious repentance and humiliate yourself and even then no one's gonna look at you mm-hmm. in the same way they did before
2: <clears throat> mm-hmm. i mean that you mentioned that happens to kings like the holy roman emperor himself like he got excommunicated and he had to wait outside the gate of a pope for i believe it's like three days in winter yeah like entire days i i don't know wow. the names i can't think of them right now But, I mean, there's just such a power shift. And people, like, for those of you that don't know, being excommunicated literally meant, like you mentioned, being exiled. But anyone could kill you, and they would have no consequences. Yeah. Like, you just stopped being a citizen, a person, essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the heavy part of what excommunication actually meant back then.
1: And that predates all of this witch stuff. So people already had this mindset in their heads. So it's not like a big stretch for people to be like, well, I can just do this to someone who I think is going against what God says. So right. mm-hmm. um, it really,
0: like fits in that like one all kinda how do I say it's like, well, they can just say, Oh, I think they were a witch, so yeah. it's like it doesn't matter. It's you a catch it's a catch all, yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly.
2: No. And that also goes back to the court system. Like I accuse you of being a witch, well, you you have to prove me wrong. Right. Yeah. You know? So now you know? it's
0: like you already have it in your head, so it's like mm, yeah. Probably not gonna happen.
1: So Evan had mentioned the Protestant versus Catholic thing, and that was kind of a big turning point in how a lot of this had started. So with Martin Luther kind of dissenting from the Catholic Church and causing his own following to begin behind him, the Roman Catholic Church, to fight against it, started like pushing more on their inquisitions. And so that was kind of their way to say, go punish all the heretics and in that list is witches. And since he had already issued an edict saying, hey, we got to get rid of the witches in particular and all other heathens, then that just led to this entire hysteria and paranoia that all these people had to fulfill this duty to go eradicate this plague as they saw it from the world. Mm -hmm. So when people heard that, they're just like, well, they're saying that these heretics, these witches are in league with the devil. So, what are you going to do against the devil except try and get rid of their minions on the earth? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the mindset that these people had. And they thought like, Oh, these witches can cause mental grief. They can cause physical grief that it, they thought that these witches had so much power because they made these packs with the devil himself. So it just, it shows you that these people, they took this seriously. So especially with how much religious fervor people had, it's it's just a recipe for a disaster and countless people losing their lives Mm -hmm. for something that didn't need to happen. Right.
2: It's also kind of crazy, like the cultural impacts that witches have had. Like back then, it was obviously you could execute for it like now today every halloween it's like yo where are my witches at right you know? like, <laughs> grab your
1: broomsticks put on your wart yep.
2: nose and... watch hocus pocus five times in the yep. month of october yeah and yeah
1: well listen i was thinking about this today and it's kind of similar to uh the satanic panic of the 80s in america where people were saying like dungeons and dragons if you play that it's like a satanic game and all mm. that stuff because i mean in that game, you can literally play witches and wizards and stuff yep. like that. So it's it's the same thing. It's like if we would have said, hey, I'm playing a game where I'm pretending to be a witch, you could have been executed yeah. for that. Jeez. And that just is insane to me. But that just goes back to how serious people took this. But uh, like I said, they're believed to have made packs with the devil. And that would mean that they had to have made face-to-face meetups with the devil to make these pacts, and then like have ceremonies with other witches and all that. And these are some things that people literally thought that these people did at these ceremonies. They thought they had danced naked, eat children, and have sex with demons.
2: Yeah.
1: How do you... I don't understand... How people literally thought that these there's so many people out there that are just taking children and cooking them up and eating. Like, how do you believe that? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like the first
0: one, it's like, okay, well, that could happen. That probably does That just happen. sounds like a good party. Yeah, yeah tends, right. Like, <laughs> 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 and then you just went zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. yeah. Eat children,
1: have sex with demons. Yeah, like. we went
2: from boogieing to eating infants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But that, like the sex with demons thing, like sexuality in these cases was probably the biggest point of contention mm-hmm. because a lot of these women were more so just they they took advantage of their individuality. And at the time, it was such a big deal to have a husband and rely on the male figure that women who wanted to be independent and do their own thing and kind of explore their own sexuality or whatever it was were looked at as heathens and they were looked at as outcasts. Mm -hmm. And, And that was such a big reason a lot of times why people brought accusations against these women. And it's pretty sad that they couldn't even be who they wanted to be at the time and got punished sometimes ending in their own death because of it.
2: Yeah, like the general description of witches in our research it was like divorcees widows and just women that just never married yeah that just kind of lived more on the fringe of society yeah it's like they own their own land essentially yeah (laughs) that's if you want to get down to brass tacks Mm
1: -hmm. or like they were married and their husband died and then they decided to just live out the rest of their life using what they had gained from like the land that they had inherited Mm. from their husband and just live on their own and then they got accused of being witches because they didn't want to find another man to support them. its I don't understand where the logic for that really came into it, but yeah. I mean, I guess if you're looking for any reason. Right. So. Yeah, it
0: comes down to control. They just wanted, if you don't live the way we want you to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of comes down to that. Right. It's crazy.
1: But. So, another reason why this hysteria spread so fast is because around the time that Pope innocent the eighth issued this edict the printing press was starting to become a huge invention a huge thing that people were beginning to use and with that people were publishing books about this and that's how the malleus maleficarum came about and that's the biggest book and the one that we're going to be spending more of our time in the episode on but yeah it it just gave so many people that didn't have the ability to spread their ideal like, their ideologies on this stuff, it gave them free reign to pretty much put it wherever they wanted. So,
2: And just for reference, I mean, the research, I mean, this was actually in one of the sources. I forget which one, so I'm sorry for that. But for, like, a 100 years, this book sold more copies than any other book except the Bible. Yeah,
1: it was second in sales.
2: And, like, put that in perspective. Like, the Bible was, like, the book at the time. I mean, just with how religion was ingrained in European society, but right next to it was a guide on how to find, try and kill witches. And it Jeez. was on like, it was next to like every judge's bench. Like everyone had this book essentially, yeah. or had access to it.
1: And the crazy thing too is, so a little background and I'll, I'm going to just call it the Malleus from now on. I'm not going to call the full name. I'm so happy. That yeah. we- or we can call it the hammer of witches, whatever you guys want to call it. But, <laughs> um, so it was written in eighteen or 1486, so two years after that edict was issued by an Austrian priest named Heinrich Kramer and a German priest named Jacob or James Springer, and it was originally written in Latin. So that kind of blew my mind when I thought about it, because I don't know how many people at the time really knew how to read or speak Latin.
2: Almost none because, like, one of the big points with the Reformation, right, is that Luther translated the Bible, which wasn't Latin, to German, yeah, right, and then like with right. the printing press. So, I wonder maybe that th- they had the same thing because wasn't Springer and, yeah, Springer and uh, Kramer, they were both German, yeah, correct, right, German and Austrian, so Austrian, same
1: yeah. basically the same, they both spoke yeah. the same language, yeah, yeah. but um, that, yeah, it's crazy because. How many people are actually going to be able to read this? So, mm-hmm. even if just, it was...
0: It's like mostly just the religious fanatics. Yeah, exactly. Because so, Latin, that's where yeah, they exactly. get it from the Bible They translate it from that. Yeah, so, it's so like,
1: these people didn't even know what they're looking at half the time. Right. But that's how many copies sold. <clears throat> that's how many people had this in their house. And they just took whatever people told them it said as fact. So. Who knows if what was written in the book was even what people knew it to say. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I didn't even like realize that until I was thinking about it today. I'm like, how do people even know if they read the right thing? Right. So,
0: Side note, um, one of the guys, Priest Jacob, it's uh, spelled with a K, so that just throws me off
2: right away. Yeah. That's just oh, yeah. a foul <laughs> ball. It's like...
0: Mm. Sorry for anyone named Jacob
2: with the letter K. Well, and, and I don't know our how Jacob, he got Our Jacob was with a C. Yeah, <laughs> so C I don't have any the... other I way. I don't have any association <laughs> with him. It's like you had or they had like any choice in the matter. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> but I don't know how he got the name James because that was one thing that I saw was like, it was either uh. Jacob or James. I'm like, what? <laughs> Those are two completely different names. Oh, well, at least
2: they actually start with the same letter. I'm over here being called Ralph. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true. Like, I guess it's not that far-fetched then. Um, but this book was based off of a specific passage from the Bible, Exodus 22, verse 18. And that verse says, Thou shall not suffer a witch to live. So that was where a lot of this stuff was based on. That was that was the starting point. And when you start with the fact that you can't let these people live in general, you're gonna do anything you can to make sure that they don't. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So, and like another thing, like just another passage in the Bible or kind of story in the Bible um, was in First Samuel, and it was the story of the Witch of Endor. So, a, long story short. Uh Saul, King Saul of the Israelites, went to this witch of Endor, uh, basically asking for advice on an upcoming battle. And the witch basically said, like, him and all of his sons are going to die. And then the next day they went to battle and they all died. So, like, just to your point, like, the only two cases of, like, witch involvement, people died or it was like, hey, go kill the witches. Yeah. You know?
1: Okay, so before we get into the three different sections of the Malleus, I just found this quote funny from the book. It says, and I'm going to do my best British accent because I feel like that's how everything from this book should be read. So, quote, It has never yet been known that an innocent has been punished on suspicion of witchcraft, and there is no doubt that God would never permit such a thing to happen.
2: I really love that quote because it's like it's never been known that an innocent has been put to death. It's like, well, they're already dead, right? That's like you can't really have hindsight there. Yeah,
1: there's no like room for error with putting someone to death. (laughs) Yep. But I think that quote's going to prove to be very false in the coming future. Mm -hmm. So, with that. The Malleus is separated into 3 separate sections and each of the sections has different questions associated with it which we'll go into a little more as we talk about the different sections. But this book is basically impossible to read. <laughs> I don't know if you guys really tried to read any of it while from that link that I sent you. But... I tried it.
0: wasn't I was like, "All right, it's not in English." So, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. Like it's either We're dumber now, and we can't read it, or, like, they just kind of overcomplicated everything. Like, the amount of times I saw ye, it's like,
1: really? We need ye this many times? (laughs) I know, and it's... Ye try to tempt me, It's like, (laughs) all right. That's enough. Well, it's just like saying the same thing, like, four different times, and then a run-on sentence after that that explains what the whole thing is actually supposed to be about, but it's just like a paragraph worth of one sentence every Mm -hmm. time. It's so impossible. But I mean, I guess that's what happens when you translate a book like, I think it's been translated like 28 times or something like that. So that's what you get, I guess. So the first section is for acknowledging the existence of witches and condemning them as demons and heretics, further claiming that the person accusing another of witchcraft has a ton of power in the court, regardless of what their standing in that community was. So you could be a criminal, you could be insane, or you could even be a child and testify against someone as a witch, and the witch would always be discredited. So that just shows you how screwed you were.
2: yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to like my trivia question, and the accused had to prove themselves right in this right. case. And like a quick, interesting like tidbit that I found in my research too. Like with the like local community-based courts, so we're not talking like big cities or like kind of like national courts, um, like, like community-based courts, they had a 90% like kill rate on accused witches.
1: That's insane. Wow.
2: And like essentially it was the ultimate like court of public opinion and it was like these trials weren't really trials. They were essentially just, you know, filled with men who didn't really want to justice in the traditional way they were like no like my pig died and it was because of this witch yeah no, the trials like that.
1: trials are basically just a formality yeah so it it wasn't even meaningful mo- like sometimes there were people that would be let off but even sometimes when you were let off they wouldn't really let you off they right. just come for you a later date so yeah. mm-hmm.
0: you're always looking over your shoulder it's like yeah it's pretty much once you're marked your are marked.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and that goes back to that quote that we started this with, that not, an innocent person has never been put to death. Well, how would you know? Right. <laughs> so uh, another part in this first section talks about how like, a man can basically accuse someone and then they can just have a friend come in and say, yeah, I vouch for this guy. He's probably legit and telling the truth. And then they're taken for their word. So as long as you have someone you know that will back you up and i'm assuming you could probably just go to them beforehand and be like hey i'm going to accuse this person can you like have my back when we go into court mm-hmm. you're pretty much good to go so and then an- another thing is if if you had a family member like uh a relative like a cousin maybe even a, a mother father that had been accused and had been either tried and acquitted or tried and put to death either way there they've been suspected so there's been suspected witchcraft in your family already and then they think that it just taints the whole family line mm-hmm. so wow if that's the case then you're really born into a terrible situation
2: yeah like they had no concept of like genetics at right. the time mm-hmm. and well, i guess that maybe was their concept of genetics <laughs> like you, all your genetics are evil
1: yeah it must be something in your DNA that's just making you guys witches. Yep.
0: It's like, how hard would that be? Say your wife gets accused of being a witch, and then all of a sudden they're like, what well, did you know about it? And it's like, what do you want to say? Like, save you and your children? Or, yeah. you, like, you know, because at that point, you pretty much can't save your wife. Yeah. So,
1: it's terrible. Yeah. You know, it's, you yeah, don't think you, about that. You want to s- try and save your wife, but then you're just going to get accused, and like you said, your children could get in trouble, so you... And,
0: you might not be put to death, but you'll be pretty much ostracized. Yeah. You're pretty much just everyone
1: looks at you weird and yeah, you right. know, they don't treat you the same. 100%. <clears throat> so the second section pretty much describes different activities that witches would partake in and how they would get their powers from the devil. And this is where the eating children and naked dancing and sex with demons comes in and then they also mention going to sabbaths or ceremonies with other witches and having evil animal companions known as familiars which i'm if i remember correctly were usually dogs or cats more common animals yep. so mm-hmm. but yeah witches were considered human agents of the devils and like responsible for a bunch of catastrophes and like whenever anything went wrong in the town you could accuse these witches of having done it or plaguing the crops or whatever it may be mm-hmm. but yeah anything associated with that which like their pets would be in the same boat as them basically
2: wow i mean yeah we talked about it. i forget which episode it was but i think it was one of my trivia questions about the um like execute the execution like on a continental scale of cats yeah <laughs> like how the pope yep. ordered like all the cats were associ- associated with devil worship and They were all killed. Yeah. Which again led to the Black Death, which we don't need to dive in again. But yeah, that's crazy. Like, compared to the times now, it's like cats and dogs are the best. And like, yeah, people think of them better than like humans. But back in the day, it was like, ew, gross.
1: Yeah. Like, we don't deserve dogs. And I mean, there's a lot of people that I know don't really like cats because cats can be like temperamental. But. I mean, for the most part, everyone's mm-hmm. fine with them, so it's not like we're going out in the streets to <laughs> right. like, genocide the cats. got a serial
2: cat killer on the loose. One. Yeah. <laughs> don't right. don't have that. Um, can we back up to part one? I forgot to mention this when we were yeah. discussing part one, but one of the parts of part one, or sections, excuse me, was actually like a guide on how to essentially attack and basically argue against the local officials. Officials, it's like those community judges... On why to pursue certain court cases like for witches, and essentially it lays out like a way to almost trick them, if you will, to basically say if you don't go through with this trial, you're also a heretic because you're not pursuing like the um, um, the inquisition, the persecution of yeah, witches, and like trying to rid Europe of witches. So, (laughs) it included a basic guide on how to trick people essentially trick people
1: and it's funny that the people that are accusing others of being witches and using all this like trickster magic are the ones trying to trick the people that are in charge of these court cases yeah Mm -hmm. it's so hip like hypocritical at that point but
2: maybe they were the witches the entire time
1: right none of this stuff makes any sense (laughs) (laughs) who knows (laughs) um so and then the third and final part was pretty much the trial proceedings for finding and then executing witches according to these said trial procedures. And I just found it funny because the the lawyers and clergymen that were in charge of these trials were given pretty much unlimited power and could do anything necessary to get these confessions, including torture, which sometimes resulted in straight up murder. And if that ended up happening they were absolved of the murder because the witches were always assumed to be guilty and they didn't have to be proven to be innocent so like i said earlier it it doesn't really matter after you've been accused Mm -hmm. then you're always going to be looked at as in the wrong Mm -hmm. so the reasons for the tortures kind of a big thing that they centered around was devil's marks which were like Bodily defects, if you had like a birthmark or you had warts or excessive body hair, anything like that, then they would point to that and be like, That's where the devil touched you when you made your pact. And that's what those mean.
2: Did you say excessive body hair?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: what? Which, See I mean, I'm know? assuming
1: most people <clears throat> had back then. It's not like you yeah, right. have like Harry's <laughs> Shave Club or whatever it's called. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. These are the reasons why people were put to death.
2: That is that isn't saying I mean like, oh, you have a mole. You're a demon.
1: <laughs> yeah. You have a scar from where you tripped and fell and hit your arm on a branch. Right.
0: You're done. It's like you can't tell me any of these like judges or was it clergymen or anything had any no right? birthmarks, no moles or anything? Right. Yeah.
1: You know. It, it's pretty it's like, sad. I don't know. So those are the three sections and we're gonna kinda Talk a little more in depth on like what they say and just basic overall what the Malleus had in its pages. But so one of the big things was they listed that there's three types of witches. There was ones who can injure but not heal, ones who could heal but not injure, and then ones who could do both. And it was said that the most powerful ones could cause like hailstorms. They could attack affect the fertility or lack thereof of men and animals. And they could offer children to the devil, or otherwise kill them in some way. By the example that they said in the actual book was that they could be walking next to a child by a body of water with no one around, and just push them into the water and kill them by drowning. I was like, "Oops! <laughs> yeah. How many people, how many kids are just drowning with no one around? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Where are your parents? Yeah, right. Seems like kids are just doing whatever the hell they want.
2: Right." That's kind of interesting though like you mentioned I love drawing parallels on this podcast like a bad hailstorm or like a bad year for the crops was blamed on witches like if you think of, if you think about like with ancient Greece when there was a bad storm or you know a bad crop yield it was based on like the olympic gods yeah. so i know like obviously different uh theologies and all that but again like there's always like it's some sort of reason why like oh no it's not these crops just didn't get enough rain this year or something like
0: right. that. It's got to be a justibi- or justifiable fact fi- or, you know, something to justify it on. Yeah. If it, if something yeah. to blame it on. It's basically a scapegoat. But you said, yeah.
1: like, the, they blame the Olympic gods, but that goes back to, like, this hyper-religious stuff. Like, you yeah. have to, they have to find reasoning within their belief system for why this would have happened. Mm-hmm. So,
2: And again, if they wanted, like, if someone suggested something outside of that belief system, like we talked about, they were a heretic and banned from society and killed.
1: Right, exactly. Not
0: too much free speech. Yeah, (laughs) Pretty much, you're shit out of luck there. Yep.
1: So claims don't stop at those. There's plenty more in there that I didn't even list, but some of them were, they could teleport through thin air and like influence judges not to hurt them and stuff like that. And there was one that I read where it was, proceeding for how to have these witches enter the courtrooms and it said that they had to have these people the accused walk in backwards because they thought that if they walked in forward that they would be able to look the judge in the eye and take over their mind and influence Mm -hmm. their thoughts to give them a fair trial and acquit them of whatever they're being accused of so they literally had to have the jailers walk them in backwards
2: okay this is like the dumbest thing but they're just, like, moonwalking in. <laughs> Like Michael Jackson. Then they would definitely be accused of being <laughs> Right? A it's like, wait, how is she doing that with her feet? She's Which...
1: walking backwards, but she's going forward. Yeah.
2: What? <laughs> and then, like, also, like, the Michael Jackson move, like, in Smooth Criminal, where he does, like, the lean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, like, that's like, that's not humanly possible. Guilty. The judge guilty. is guilty.
0: Puts- What's on the sentence? She just leans forward.
2: It's like, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Whispers in his ear. Yeah. It's super funny. And now like we have, but like, people are like into their like horoscopes and stuff. Oh, so yeah. imagine like if that was around at this time, it's like, oh, you're a Gemini, which you're about a Gemini die. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. That's that's was, that was pretty good. Honestly. Yeah, hey, I liked it. I like that.
0: Uh.
1: So I just wanted to list a few stupid things that I read in the third section particularly and from specifically question 14. And the headings for these questions can be pretty much like paragraphs in and of themselves. So I listed what the heading for this question was. And I quote... Of the method of the sentencing of the accused to be questioned and how she must be questioned on the first day and whether she may promise be promised her life. The ninth action. And honestly, that's probably one of the more medium-sized <laughs> headings in this third mm-hmm. section. Please. So, but from that, uh, one thing that I saw was that A witch could be promised a life of solitude and exile if she confessed. So basically, we're not going to kill you. We're just going to send you out, uh, be on your own, and like you'll have a diet of just bread and water and stuff like that. And so they basically said, we'll spare you. But sometimes they would just be like, well, we can just go get her a few years later. And then they would come back for the same person in like two or three years and say, well, we're going to kill you now. Mm -hmm. You had enough time. And other times in like that same scenario when they would tell them that they would just be like, I'm going to pass this. Like the judge could say, I'm going to pass this one off to that guy over there and he's going to give you a sentence. So if the judge that was presiding over it didn't want to pass down a, a judgment on another person's life, they could just pass it off and be like, "Nah, he's going to take care of it.
0: Yikes.
2: Just kind of passing the blame there. It's yeah, like, it's, well, it- I'm not going to sentence this innocent person that's accused of doing nothing
0: yeah right. and it's like i know this guy loves doing that yeah it's like you got it
1: yeah well i mean the guys that wrote this book were pretty much looking to get as many people as they could so if they, they like visited your town you could just be like i'm not going to sentence this person you can do it though yeah and then they're always going to say guilty mm-hmm. so and then another one from the third section from question 14 was if they don't confess the accused quote This is how they would, quote, accuse these people. They must be examined, not in any new or exquisite manner, but in the the usual way, lightly or heavily, according as the nature of her crime demands. And while she is being questioned about each several point, let her be often and frequently exposed to torture. And that's not the whole bullet point, but that gives you the basic idea of what they're trying to say. So... They're saying you can do whatever you want to get these people to talk. And it doesn't matter if you're ripping their limbs off or Mm -hmm. doing some light torture, whatever you feel like doing. And I saw that it said if there is two separate people, say you had two people that were accused in the same town around the same time they would expose them to different types of torture than the other person because they were like, well, if it doesn't work for this, it may not work on this person, so we're going to try something else. Mm -hmm. So they're basically just giving each other excuses to try out new things, which is pretty sadistic.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, they got creative in the worst possible way.
1: Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they said if they confess after their torture, they have to be questioned separately from that first questioning because... They say, "Well, she confessed under torture, or he confessed under torture, and we can't trust that because they may have just been saying it because we were hurting them." Which, obviously, yeah, yeah right. what do you expect? <laughs> so, in that, and then after that questioning, you're probably still going to be found guilty anyway. So, what's the difference? Right. Mm-hmm. So, the next section after that. Details continued torture and has a long as fuck title for the question, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it has even more dumb stuff in it, which I'll go into now. So they say that, like I said, judges should use varied torture methods because one. <laughs> well, Austin just turned into an elephant for yeah, a holy second. Holy cow.
2: Well, first and foremost, uh, Gazuntite.
1: Yes. Uh, Bless sorry. you. Sorry. he's a witch yeah I was going to say might have to burn you not me them's the rules I didn't make them other Jacob made them Jacob with with a K K. Ah. (laughs) so judges should use those very torture methods because they might not work on the same people Uh, to find out if a witch had the power of keeping silence the judge was to attempt to make the accused cry And this section was one that I found particularly dumb. So they said that some people who couldn't cry when they would try and make them weep, they said that the devil was preventing them from crying because the devil saw tears as a sign of penitence and hated it. So people that couldn't cry, if they had the appearance that they were crying, it was said that they were just spitting it like on their hands or whatever and rubbing it on their face to make it look like they were crying. And this is what they had people say, like the judges. They would hold their hands on the accused person's head, and this is what they would say to try and get them to weep because they thought that the devil was controlling them, so this is how they'd try and get it out. And I'm only going to read part of it, but I quote, I conjure you by the bitter tears shed on the cross by our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the salvation of the world, and by the burning tears poured in the evening hour over his wounds by the most glorious Virgin Mary. End quote. Oh, I almost <laughs> cried right here. <laughs> so imagine, I'm assuming usually an older man, putting his hand on your head and just screaming that in your face and telling you to cry. I mean, honestly... <laughs> I probably
2: would. Oh, I'm weeping. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But here's the thing. Even if they did cry, then they'd say it's just a trick that the devil's playing by allowing them to cry. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) what is the fucking point of doing this trial? There's there's
2: no win. There's no way to get out of this unless you have someone that's reasonable. And for the most part, there was no reason in a lot of this. Actually, almost... exclusively there's no none
1: (laughs) but you have a whole town that's hysteric and paranoid and they're looking to you to be the one that's going to be in charge of making sure this person gets their just Mm -hmm. desserts so you've got a lot of pressure on you then yeah so i mean it's not like the judges it's they're definitely not innocent right but it's also the situational awareness that they had to have to save their own life Mm -hmm. so
0: and you said it wasn't just um wasn't just women being accused of right. being witches. Like, men were being accused of sorcerers. Yeah, or I, think, so I think it was sorcerers, yeah. Or something like that. So, I mean, if a judge hands down a white sentence or anything like that, I mean, his life could be on the line, too. Yeah, he's not exactly. You know, and, so I mean, we,
1: we moniker these as the witch trials because it was majority, like a large majority women. But, yeah, there were men that did get accused as well. So, mm-hmm. no one was safe. So then this is where they say the whole thing about the witch walking in backwards. And then they also talk about how the accused person was to be shaved all over to prevent hiding some sort of devil's tool on their body, which they thought that maybe they had some sort of implement that they had gotten from a demon or from the devil himself. And they made their pack that they could use to conjure up their magic. And they're like, well, they could be hiding it in their hair or in their skin. So they'd shave them all over and give them, like, these really thorough examinations to, like, find these things. And this is where they would go and look for those devil's marks, too, which were those bodily defects Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. But uh, some places stopped short of shaving the whole body. Once they got to private areas, they would shy away and just let it be, like, the hair on your head or under your arms or whatever. Hmm. But. In Ger- I think it was Germany specifically. They pretty much just went whole hog and did it all. And there was one from Europe where I read from the book that it said, or I read from an article, I believe it was the encyclopedia.com article, that uh, somewhere near Milan, the Inquisitor of Como burned 41 witches in a single year after shaving them all and doing these tests on them. So that's almost one person a week for a year so it's like almost like something on your calendar that you would mark and be like okay it's thursday it's time to go to the weekly witch trial yeah
2: wow i haven't which trial just like the witch burning yeah Mm -hmm. uh, yeah
1: there's probably even more trials they probably had multiple trials a week so yeah who knows how many people actually got let free but Mm -hmm. right That's just insane to me. And that's just one year in one single place. Yeah. So think about this over 300 or so years. Mm. Numbers are staggering. So with those devil's marks, we're going to go into some of these trials, like more specifically, that they would put these people through to get these either confessions or would basically give them their guilty verdict. So, these trials range from stupid, obviously, to disgusting or just straight up criminal. And one of the most famous ones that you've probably all heard of, if you have any knowledge of this topic, is called the swimming test. So, basically, the idea was that if a person was innocent, they would be able to sink to the bottom of a lake or a body of water that you threw them into. And if they were innocent, they would float because the devil wouldn't let them die. And they were bound and most of the time stripped of their clothing before they were thrown in. So I guess you can assume that either way, most people didn't make it out of this yeah. alive. Wow. And I believe
2: their reasoning for that in one of the sources that I saw was because, like, if it had to do like if you were baptized. So, like, if you were baptized, then. You would sink, like be welcomed in, like the water, essentially. But if you weren't baptized, you would float because it'd be like repellent. It's like God's like, no, which like this evil person can't come into the water, essentially.
1: That's just either way you're dying.
0: Like that was their justification. <laughs> it literally makes no sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I mean, this whole trial makes no sense. So any justification is obviously going to be stupid. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just telling someone, hey. If you drown, you're innocent, so you're all good to go. But yep. if you're not, we're going to kill you and burn you at the stake. I mean, what and would if be they,
0: worse? Oh, sorry, what? I was just, what would be worse? Yeah, yeah. Burning at the stake or
1: drowning? Mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: It's like on their tombstone, it's like she died, but wasn't a witch because she drowned. It's like, all right, well. I
1: mean, I guess if you're in that situation, you'd almost want to just drown because then it, you'd be proven innocent and then it wouldn't affect your family. Right. Yeah. So I guess... If you did, my
0: family, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. from
1: that standpoint, maybe it would be better to just drown. But I, I saw something where they said that some places they didn't really strip them down and they had such layered clothing on that it would create little air pockets all over and they wouldn't be able to actually sink. So then they were screwed in that sense.
0: So that makes sense too because I know when... When I was in the navy. They learned, or they taught us, if you fall overboard, usually you have your your blouse or your, your coveralls, and you'd like scoop water into them, and that would create air pockets, and then you'd float. So, it hmm. has some factual basis to it.
1: Yeah, and, and, so it makes sense why they would float. Yeah, so no winning in that one. as no? is evident in most of these. Mm-hmm. So, the next one was the prayer test. And in this one, it's pretty straightforward. They would have the accused person say some sort of scripture verse or some sort of religious passage. Most of the time it was the Lord's Prayer. But here's the catch. The person that was saying it couldn't make a single mistake or sound like nervous in in their speech. They had to be confident in their words and say it straight through without any errors. And so think about it, you are put up on the stand, told to recite some sort of religious verse, and you have probably the entire town staring at you, mm-hmm. and you're on trial for your life. You're going to be nervous as hell. So, not to not to mention the fact that a lot of these people were illiterate, too. Not yeah. everyone even knew how to read or write, so... Right. If, if you're lucky to know the Lord's Prayer by heart, I mean, mm-hmm. most of these people probably did just because it was such a religious time period. Right. But even so... And plus, yeah. you're going against,
0: or not going against, but you're saying it to clergymen who obviously they've been studying this their whole lives. So they know, you know, oh, you took a pause at this spot, you know. And right. Just kind of like, yikes. They're the experts of it, or memorizing, basically, mm-hmm. of it. So
2: I mean, yeah, like we all grew up in... Uh, in uh, like private parochial schools. But like memory work, remember that? This is like memory work on stero- <laughs> triple steroids. Yeah, this like, is memory work with
1: all of your friends staring at you and a gun to your head. Yeah, you can't just wing it.
2: I would be pretty nervous too, oh, I would yeah. say. Yeah.
1: So there was a man named George Burroughs who was put to this test, and he was able to pass. But, caveat, they said it was the devil. Was the devil just tricking him? Come on. Sucks to suck, I guess. A
2: on the uh, memory work, on the memorization, but you cheated, and it was the devil. Yeah.
0: Your friend was holding up a sign behind the
1: teacher. Right? (laughs) You're screwed.
2: I mean, we did that once or twice.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, no winning in this one either. Next is going into that Devil's Mark thing. Or no, this is different, sorry. Uh, The touch test, I thought this was the devil's mark, that one's next. So the touch test was where they would have the accused person lay their hands on someone suffering from some sort of physical ailment. So most of the time this was what they would call fits, which were, I would assume, along the line of like a grand mal seizure where you kind of shake and stuff like that. But there is one specific case where two women, Rose Cullender and Amy Denny, They were accused of bewitching two girls in the town, and it was said that the girls would clench their fists super tight and even, like, the men in the town couldn't pry their hands open. So they had the two women touch them to see if it would unclench their fists and cure them of their ailment, and the girls did unclench their fists when the women touched them. Hmm. However, they had the girls blindfolded after that, and they had random people come in and lay their hands on them and the girls would let their fists open then, too. So it was pretty evident that these girls were most likely lying. But either that or all these people are witches. Right. Yep.
2: Whoa. What a twist.
1: Right? <laughs> the whole town. So, yeah, it was pretty obvious that these women didn't do anything, but they're still killed. So, yikes. I think you can see the pattern forming here. Yeah. Yep. So next is that witches or devil's mark. So this is where the bodily defects came into it. And some people who knew that they might be accused and have to go through this trial would even like cut their skin or like burn their skin where that birthmark or wart or whatever it would be on their body was. But then they'd have the scar from where they did that or the injury because it would probably be fresh enough. And then the people would point to that and say that it was the devil's mark. Mm hmm. Right. And these so-called devil's marks, once they found them, they said that these spots were supposed to be impervious to pain. So what they would do is they would strip the person down, and they would have needles. And a lot of the times they had people in the town that were like the designated guy to do this because they would have the same person do it every time. And they would poke all over the body. And once they didn't say, ouch, then I guess that was the spot. Hmm.
2: Which but, is super super because, is like isn't that just kinda of natural with scar tissue? Like you have yeah, like you, less feeling there. Like I have a scar in my arm and like if you poked like a knife into it, I don't obviously that's over exaggeration. Yeah. If you poked a needle into it, I probably wouldn't feel it. Right. So I mean that's just like scar tissue being kinda of natural. And in this case it was considered a devil's mark and was there basis for, you know, torture and killing someone.
1: And if you're being consistently poked with a needle all over your body, I'm assuming you're just going to get kind of numb to the whole thing, and yeah. then you're going to stop really reacting to it. So. Right. sounds like acupuncture. Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, yep, and then acupuncture was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <Right.
0: laughs> like, oh, this is actually really nice. <laughs> this is really relaxing. Can you get another
1: yeah. guy to come in?
2: Yeah, can I get a robe? Like, Can you turn up the steam yeah. in like this get molten those hot rocks. bath that I'm in or whatever they're doing? Yeah.
1: But the catch with a lot of these guys that would end up doing this is they would dull the needle points on the things that they would use, and then it would just be a rounded edge, so it, would, it wouldn't it would really poke into the skin. So it would just look like it was going in, but it would really just be pushing in that, that area. And then when they would say that it didn't hurt, then there's your accusation. So. Right. All right. All right. Probably the most brutal section of what we're going to be talking about today and probably one of the more brutal things that we've talked about on the show in general. So this is where we're going to get into some of the tortures that they would use to try and get confessions from people. So if you don't like the more brutal stuff, maybe skip this part or turn it off here because this is more of the last like section that we're going to do. So Mm -hmm. I didn't go into all of them because then it would just be repetitive and would sound like we're just being (laughs) egregious. Yeah. So first one was cutting, which pretty much what it says. They would sometimes, I'm assuming they would have the person strapped down and they would start cutting the legs, arms, or chest. And basically they would have, I believe it was like a saw blade or some sort of serrated blade that they would slowly move on the the person's limb until that limb would be cut off. And they moved from one limb to the next, and once they were out of limbs, then they would move to your neck and lead to your decapitation if you didn't confess. So that pretty much ended your life if you didn't confess, and if you did confess, you're going to die. So I guess it depends if you want to endure the torture torture, or if you want to just go whatever else they had planned for you. Hmm. So next, burning at the stake was actually considered a torture as opposed to, I mean, they did use it to execute people when the sentence was passed. But the belief here was that the person, if they were guilty, would burn because the devil's flames would consume them to bring them down to hell to be with the devil. And if they were innocent, they'd be able to just walk out of the fire. So, that well, that's and, not going to happen a lot of times.
2: And like yeah. they were tied to the pole, like they were tied to the stake. Like yeah. how could they just walk out of it or Right. You know,
1: just wait till the fire burns out, and then it's like, hey guys, I'm still here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like you good? Yeah, I'm good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just chilling. Well, not chilling. Yeah. But but the the, fuck, the, the, fuck, the thing about this though is the if the person was burned at the stake, which I'm assuming they're going to die. of the time and if they don't it's just some sort of strange miracle if they don't but the person's family would then have to pay for the trial the sentencing all of the wood used to burn this person all the cleanup everything and then they'd have to pay like the lawyers the clergymen everyone involved so it's just extortion on mm-hmm. a person that you literally just killed their family member. Right,
0: and there's no middle
1: class. I mean, there's you got the rich and powerful, and then you're pretty much dirt poor. Yeah, everyone literally. basically during those times, like yeah, like right.
2: seven people owned land. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, you're pretty seven, much yes.
1: screwed. It's like too. the samurai where they would have the feudal lords that own the land, and then yep. you pretty much have the people working for them. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah, simply just to like get food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah. sad circumstance. So, similar to that swimming test, there was a thing called the dunking chair, and this is also what it sounds like. You would be tied to a chair or a stool, and they would lower and raise you out of a body of water at longer increments at a time, and basically, they would put you in, pull you up, ask you to confess. If you didn't, you went back in, and if you didn't confess for long enough, they might just leave you in there until you drown, <laughs> and... There's your guilty verdict right there. Mm. So pressing was the next one. This one is they would have you tied to some sort of table and they would just keep adding more and more weight to your chest until eventually it would just crush your chest cavity and kill you. So there is one witch whose name was Giles Corey. And she apparently had this happen to her, and while she was on the table and they were putting weights on, she just kept yelling, more weight! <laughs> and then ended up dying like a badass. Yep. So I thought that was kind of cool.
2: Good for her. Yeah, right? At least Obviously st- not the dying part, so but like... <laughs> at
1: least stick it to them on your way out. Yep. So similar to this, they had another table, or they called it the stretching rack which basically you'd have your hands and feet tied, and then it would be kind of like a standing table, and then they would crank the top and bottom until your limbs pretty much just separated from your body, or you confessed. So Mm -hmm. there's just no winning ever in this scenario. Yeah, yikes. Next one is my personal least favorite thing that I've heard in a long Uh, time. uh, mm. It's called the pair of anguish. So think of a pear shape, like larger at the bottom, narrower at the top, except flip it upside down. And they would have a thing like that. And like in Stranger Things, the demigorgon's mouth, how it opens in four different flaps, mm-hmm. this is basically how it would work for this. So they would insert it into an orifice on the body, like anywhere they would decided, like mouth, vagina, or anus most of the time. And then there's a crank on the end that would be turned, which would slowly open up those flaps and expand in inside the body until go splat. Yep. Yikes. Or crunch.
2: Oh yeah, that one's that one. That one sucks. Yeah. You can't just, even think ugh. about it.
1: Yeah. It, just. Well, and and then who's got to be the guy that's sitting right next to you, just turning the crank? It's not a fun oh, job. Yeah. No.
2: No just uh, again like kind of drawing those parallels between different points in time like before christianity became the main religion uh in europe like there was numerous like almost inquisitions or like torture periods with christians like christians were hunted like before it became the official religion of um uh, of europe but then once it got adopted like widespread like christianity's like The big religion in Europe, they still kept on doing, like, this stuff. Yeah. You know, so, like, that came full circle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, the matter of, I don't know, like, a couple hundred years.
1: It's basically like a revenge story. Right. Yeah. So, except in the worst possible possible way way on a global scale. Yeah. So, after that, there was more, but I stopped the list there and, like, just know that people were pretty much just... Beaten up, uh, they were raped. They would have their eyes gouged out. They'd be disemboweled, like anything under the sun that you can think of, and more. They got really creative with the stuff, mm-hmm. so it's not, none of it's any fun. And I left off some of like what I thought were more brutal ones. So if you want to find those, you can look them up on your own. Just look up like Middle Ages torture, basically, and you'll find them. Mm-hmm. So, as you can tell, it's a pretty brutal period in human history. Uh, Witchcraft wasn't abolished as a crime in some places until as late as 1776. So, same year that good old US of A. officially became its own country, there's places that were just getting rid of this witchcraft law. So, estimated numbers put the number of witches executed anywhere from like 40 to 80 to 100,000. So... Big numbers, yeah, yeah. It's, that's just estimation, of course, right? I mean, it's that, probably way more, yeah, because you have those are like more official records, so you probably right. have small communities where they didn't even record these things, and there's probably people who are just tortured enough and died that, that they didn't count as being executed for this, and mm-hmm. so that that number is a pretty generous estimate, right? Um, among the, the number of accused, it was around 80% women, so. Eight out of 10 times, it's going to be a woman. And out of those executed, 85% were women. So if you took, let's just say, 50,000 as the total number, like that was what you thought it was, 42,500 people out of that 50 would be women. Hmm. That's less than 10,000 men, which... It's not good. It's still bad either way. Mm -hmm. But that just shows how biased these people were and how targeted the attacks were most of the time. And that goes back to the thing that I mentioned way earlier, that this was about sexuality a lot of the times or independence on a woman's part. Mm -hmm. Because it was such a patriarchal society. And, I mean, it still is today a little bit, but not nearly this bad. Not on this scale, no. No, not even close. So just shows that they had such a gender bias at the time and thought that the, the wife was supposed to be subservient and that goes back to the Bible and their hyper-religious belief and all that. So it all just ties together to be a real bad time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd say. So started just because, like I said, the religious fanaticism. People didn't like to see those women exploring themselves sexually or using those holistic healing methods that Evan mentioned. And it wasn't what the church wanted. So everyone got caught up in that paranoia, those hysterics. And it ended up with this. And the people were scared to speak out because they didn't want to be accused. And then it led to the deaths of their family members, their friends, and tens of thousands more people who they didn't even know. And, yeah, bad times. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, very bad times. I mean, just this entire, I don't know, hundred-some years and- maybe 80,000 people, primarily women who, again, were probably just, you know, medicine women, and again, like, the typical demographic of these witches, quote-unquote, were, like, divorcees, and just, like, single women.
1: Yeah. You like, know? it could have just been that there is a, a young, beautiful woman that a guy got turned down by, and so he was upset, yeah. and turned it back around on her, and ended up getting her killed, just because mm-hmm. he was a little mad that she said no. Right. So, but... I know we've we've kind of been ragging on religion a little bit just because I mean well, historically religion has been the cause of a lot of pretty bad things that have happened, but that's we're not saying that religion's a bad thing. Believe what mm-hmm. you want to believe if it makes your life better and makes you a better person, then by all means we're we all grew up religious we've got nothing against it, but just don't let your beliefs be a backbone for doing bad things or use it as a justification for evil deeds, mm-hmm. I guess.
2: Yeah, I think that was pretty spot on. Yeah, so... Like, we're not hating our religion. No, not right. at
1: all. I, I, it, it's not, it probably did sound like we were a little bit throughout this just because at mm-hmm. the time, the religion was the reasoning behind all this. It's hard
0: not to. I mean, these people in their right mind, I mean, I don't know, they're
1: crazy.
2: Yeah, I mean, the hysteria That's just hysteria was, this stuff. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, We'd even cover, like, the most gruesome ones. Like right, the most exactly. Gruesome tortures, and these and are
1: religious people that are doing these things. So yeah, I mean, right. like,
2: they're doing it under, like, the banner of, this is, like, in the name of God, right? essentially. As yeah. they shove something in someone's orifices. We don't need to recount yeah. that. <laughs> I
0: shall love their neighbor. like. Mm, and it's sure?
2: like, well, I have this pear thing, though. It's good.
1: So, been working on it. And even, yeah. like, the Spirit of Destiny episode where you talked about the Crusades, like... Yeah. So many wars have been fought in the name of religion. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's hard to not bring up that when you're talking about this kind of thing. So
0: mm-hmm. it's like they're false justification for it. I don't
1: know. Yeah. yeah. Some, you know,
0: some things are. It's, it doesn't make sense. It's almost like your scapegoat, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kind of like, mm, we don't really have anything. So God told
1: us to. Yeah. So it's like, all right.
0: <laughs> At what point is that not true?
2: Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. So just making it up. Believe whatever you want to believe. Believe what makes you happy and what makes you a better person. Just, yeah, like I said, don't justify your bad decisions by using that. Yes, your beliefs
2: do not justify bad behavior.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you're responsible for what you do. So that's all we really got for this week. So thank you, Austin, for joining us again. I'm sorry. This is a, yeah, no. a pretty brutal one. but
2: You're always on for the brutal ones. Yeah, yeah. I see that now. I, I know. I'm here. Mark, yeah, it's just like Mark's like, nope, that sounds like a little bit much for me. <laughs> uh, can you make up that I'm gone? Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it just lines up that way, I guess. Yeah, I know. Starting off with the text saying, hey, we're going to do a light episode. Yeah. <laughs> end of <this."> Psych! So. <laughs> Not
2: the pair of anguish. <laughs>
1: But yeah, thank you for joining us again. I hope you had a good time. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Evan, if you want to plug our good old social medias.
2: You betcha, bud. So on Twitter, we are at gems underscore history. And then we're going to actually plug our personal ones quick. So I am at whatevskys, spelled exactly how it sounds. Uh, And then, Jacob, you are at shop and go. I don't know if there's an underscore in there.
1: So it's shop, my last name, S-C-H-O-P-P, underscore the letter N, underscore go and if you can't find it it's in the uh bio for the gems of history twitter page mm-hmm.
2: and then mark is at mark underscore stein b and then keezen is twitter list so we're not gonna concern ourselves with them do
1: you want to yeah. plug your instagram or anything no better not plug <laughs> your <laughs> only fans <No> <laughs> don't want any stalkers <laughs>
2: yeah, fair enough uh and then on instagram um let's see here oh we got a new like, cool. That was random. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're popular. Yep.
2: Oh, our Instagram handle is so annoying. It's Gems of History podcast with a underscore uh, between each word, so y'all can deal with that. Yeah. Yikes.
1: If you just search Gems of History on both of them, you should be able to find it. It's just the uh, podcast logo. So. Yep. But yeah, go follow us there. Message us on there if you have anything you want to say. Uh we're still looking for questions from or uh questions, stories from you guys uh for an upcoming episode. So mm-hmm. keep sending those in. And I'm sure if we don't get to them on the, the episode, we'll get to them at a later date. So we want to get you guys involved as much as we can. Uh but other than that, we just have the email gems of history podcast at gmail dot com if you want to send them there, if that's easier for you rather than on a DM or whatever. But until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thank you again, Austin. Yeah, oh, thanks.
2: Thank you, Keys. See you, right, everybody. Thanks.